Thanks, everyone. Thank these these guys again. Dad thanked them and forgot to release them. So had to stand up here longer. It's a long time to be standing up, you know. You can be holding guitars and things like that. Bless God. You doing well? Thanks for having me again this morning. Surprise. Um, really, this morning, uh, um, Mum asked me just to, because, you know, Holy Spirit kind of took over a little bit last week, and which is great. Loves it when he does that. Um, but what it meant was that I really didn't get to get through much of what I wanted to share with you last week. So um, we're going to do that again this morning, um, or do, do that this morning, and um, we really feel like, like, like I mentioned last week, that this message um, of hope is something that's really necessary right now, okay? And, and you would know that that um, Holy Spirit has been jumping on it and, and making big of hope at the moment, which, you know, kind of indicates that, you know, we need this. Amen? Amen? Can anyone... anyone um, Kind of feel like that. That's that's what they need right now. It's this injection of injection of hope. Um, so I want to again just share about this, and, you, and you'll probably hear some stuff that you heard before. But um, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But there are also things that um, Holy Spirit is going to reveal to us. So let's just pray. Just thank Him for His presence, because He's here and He's good. Amen. So Lord, we just thank You for being with us this morning. We thank you, Father God, that um, that each person here and each person listening on live stream, God, is uh, open and ready to receive what it is that you want to reveal to them this morning, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word always returns that for which it is sent, Lord God. It doesn't return void. It, it, it accomplishes everything, Lord God, that, that it, it, it's needed for, Lord. So, Lord... We pray this morning that this word touches people's lives, touches people's hearts, gives them exactly what they need in this moment, Father God, to, to be drawn closer to you, Lord. So, Father, we just come against any distractions that may come, any thoughts that may come, Father God, that, that the, uh, the defeated Lord God uses to um, get us off what it is that you want us to do. Uh, we just thank you, Father, for this time in your word this morning. And for your amazing, beautiful presence here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. This is, um, I'm going to bounce around translations a little bit this morning. So, Daniel, good luck keeping up, mate. Let's give the guys up the back a hand because they do an amazing job. Just so you know, during that worship song, um, I don't know what, can't remember which one it was. The, uh, the words dropped out. It wasn't Daniel's fault. The words weren't there for him to put up. So um, he does an amazing job, as they all do. So Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, this is the Passion Translation. It says this, We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor, Amen. holding our souls to God himself. Isn't that amazing? Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat in heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. Praise the Lord. So our, our hope is like a strong, unbreakable anchor. 
So when you read scriptures like that, it's a bit hard to even realise how we can even lose hope. Because it's meant to be a strong and unbreakable anchor. This is what the Word of God says. Who believes the Word of God? Come on. Jeremiah 29.11. Let's look at that one because these are really the the foundation scriptures about what we're going to share this morning. Jeremiah 29.11. You know it well. This is the NLT version. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a what? A hope. Praise God. So, like, like we shared before, um, hopelessness is a very real thing. Hopelessness is a, you know, a, a very much a real feeling, you know, and and you know, it, it's any wonder that the Holy Spirit has just been making big of this right now. Because it is an expression of what it is what a lot of people are feeling in, in this current climate and, and, and what in what's going on in people's lives. So it's it's a massive, massive thing. But not only do we have this, listen, not only do we have eternal hope, we also have a responsibility. So this is what got what what you know, I think I said this last week, but remember that. You know, when God does something, it's, it's, it's not always just about us. It's not always just about the individual. He thinks bigger than that. Like, he, he, and you, you'll get through this message this morning and you'll hear this a lot, that, that he cares about you individually. Like, like I mentioned last week, he, he knows when a bird falls out of the sky. Like, like, he cares about us individually. However, he always thinks bigger. He's always, his mind is always on kingdom. Amen? His mind is always on kingdom. So we have a responsibility as believers to not only have hope, but be carriers of hope to the world. Okay? So th- again, this is why, why, why the defeated, this is Satan, I like to call him the defeated because he is, likes to really attack our hope. Really, his plan and his strategy is to rob us of our hope because we are meant to carry hope to the world. Amen? And so we know this, that our hope can't be attached to, to um, you know, the natural realm, physical things. Like it can't be attached to, you know, wealth. It can't be attached to houses. It can't be attached to, to health. It can't be attached to relationships. All right, because all those things can change in a moment. They can change in an instant. They're meant to be attached. Our hope is meant to be and, and, and is, is designed to be attached to the anchor, who is Jesus. You've all, everyone would have heard that phrase, Jesus is the hope for humanity. So regardless of what's going on in our world and in our circumstances, we have this unbreakable, strong, eternal anchor in Jesus that we are meant to attach our hope to. And when we do that, we'll always fulfill the responsibility that we have to the world to be carriers of hope. Amen? So let's have a look at 1 Peter um, chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 3 and 4. Daniel, this is the Passion Translation. 
Um, and just before we get to that, you, you know, this, is, um, this letter was written to Christians who are in desperate, a desperate situation. All right, Peter wrote this to, to Christians who are in a, a desperate situation. Now, if you know anything about Nero, who was, I think, like the, the emperor of the time, like he was a bad man, particularly nasty towards Christians. Like he did all sorts of dreadful stuff that, you know, if, if you look into it, it'd horrify you. Okay, so these Christians were in, in a desperate situation. All right, they had lost all hope. Okay. And so Peter wrote this letter to let them know about the hope that they have through the resurrection of Jesus. What a good man he is. He wrote this letter letting them know that they have hope in the resurrection of Jesus because he was writing to a group of people that had lost hope. Amen? So Peter knew that, that they were losing hope, they'd lost hope and brought an encouragement. He wrote this letter, you know, not only to let them know that, you know, that, that their hope is in, in the resurrection of Jesus, but also to bring encouragement. Who needs some encouragement this morning? All right. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us a new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are reborn into a perfect inheritance that can never perish, never be defiled, and never diminish. It is promised and are preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. Amen? What an encouragement. What an encouragement. We're meant to be experiencing a living, energetic hope because of the resurrection of Jesus. See, Jesus is our hope. He is our anchor. So some people, you know, you're going through trials. Anyone going through any trials right now? Just a few people. You don't have to put your hand up. You know, but what can happen through those trials is, is um, you know, we can get to a point where we, we get desperate. You know, we can get to that point where, you know, we kind of feel like we're experiencing what, what these, these people were that Peter wrote, you know, wrote to, that you're losing hope. Amen? Because this is what trials do. Remember that plan that, 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 the, that the defeated has is to rob us of our hope. To take away our hope. Alright? So that, but there's something that we need that, that's so important that we need to learn about hope. Okay? And, and I mentioned it before. And this is it. Is that our hope cannot be attached to circumstance. It can't be attached to situations. It can't be attached to those things in the natural because they change. We have to get this. Because, you know, it's very, you know, I don't know what everyone's circumstances and things that are going on right now in your lives or in the past, but it's very easy to see when hope goes, it's generally because of something that we're paying attention to 
that is not Jesus. So we have to get this. This is, this is how we, we end up being, you know, regardless of what's going on, we're going to be carriers of hope. We have to get this, that our hope cannot be attached to things. Amen? So the defeated, you know, as I said, he has a plan. He loves it when we lose hope. Loves it. Loves it when we lose hope. Because of this. You know why he loves it? Because we lose hope. Because when we lose hope, it is impossible for us to live by faith. When we lose hope, it is impossible for us to live by faith. I mentioned this last week. That's a good point. You can write that down. When we lose hope, it is impossible for us to live by faith. So how is it impossible for us to live by faith? Because if you know, everyone knows Hebrews 11 verse 1, which says, because faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? So therefore, our faith is directly attached to our hope. It's directly attached to our hope. Our faith is directly attached to, to the hope that we have. This is why it's so important that our hope is not attached to things. Because it, it directly affects our faith. It's impossible for us to live by faith if we don't have hope. Amen? Go on a little bit further. This is good. So faith is directly attached to the hope we have. If we lose hope, it is impossible to live by faith. If you, if you, I don't know, you probably didn't turn to Hebrews 11 because you all know it. But verse 6 says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So oh, stay with me. Ready? So if we lose hope, then it is impossible to live by faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. All right? So what's the point? This doesn't mean, listen to me, when, when we read that scripture that without faith, it is impossible to please God. It doesn't mean that he's you know, displeased with us or upset with us because we don't have faith. Or we're not living by faith. What it means is this. It means that it displeases him or it grieves his heart because we are not living, we are not experiencing the benefits of the fullness of life that living by faith brings us. Are you hearing? So this is why the defeated wants to attach you know, attack our faith, wants to rob us and, 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 and take our hope away. But why it's so important that it can't be attached to things. It's got to be attached to Jesus. Because if it's attached to Jesus, the Bible says that it's steadfast, that it's sturdy, it's unbreakable, it's strong, it's eternal. So when we go through... The, you know, we go through these, these scriptures, we see that, you know, if, if, if we lose faith, it's impossible for us to live by faith. Well, if we lose hope, it's impossible to live by 
by faith, okay? And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it's not about him being displeased with us. It's because he loves us. You know, every, every father wants his kids to have fullness of life. Every, every, every father wants, wants his kids to, to enjoy life and to be successful and, and, to, and to, you know, to be strong, to be healthy. And, and you know, like they, they, that's what a father wants. I don't know that's what a mother wants, but that's what a father wants for their children. How much more does God want that for us? So it displeases him. It upsets his heart. It grieves his heart when his kids aren't experiencing the fullness of life that Jesus gave us. So that's what that means when, you know, it, 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 it's without faith, it's impossible to please him. No wonder the, end, the, the defeated is after our hope. Amen? Yeah. You know, that scripture, John 10.10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. What? Our hope. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Come on. You know, when Jesus said that, you know, when he, when he said, I have come to give them life to the fullest, John 10.10, 10, he's actually establishing himself as our anchor of hope. It's me, Jesus, me. I've come to give you fullness of life. Not the things, it's me. Put your hope in me. Attach your hope to me. It's not the things, it's me. Come on. I have come to give them life and life to the fullness. So I think it's pretty clear that we need our hope attached to something that is deeper, stronger, and eternal lasting. An unbreakable anchor. Amen? An unbreakable anchor. Remember what that first scripture was. We have this certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. So we need this unbreakable answer, and his name is anchor, and his name is Jesus. And so this, that's what that's what Peter was telling the Christians, you know, of the time. That's what he's telling us now, right? That this anchor is what we have through the resurrection of Jesus. He's alive. Someone say he's alive. Come on. For his fountain of mercy has given us a new life. We are reborn to experiencing to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. In the New King James in Hebrews 6, verse 19, it says this hope is an anchor for our soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. See, as an anchor. Hope provides steadiness and certainty. Isn't that good? Because Jesus, remember that, that, that steadiness and certainty, our hope that Jesus is the hope for humanity, he is our anchor. 
provides that steadiness and, and certainty, how can it be? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He doesn't shift. It doesn't change his mind. His plan for you is good. His plan for you is to give you a future and a hope. See, this anchor that we're meant to attach our life to, it's steadfast. He is amazing. Come on, you all right? There's no, there's no surer place than in his hands. There's no better place than in his hands. There's no better place than to have our lives entirely submitted to him. There's no safer place. You, you, know, you might be going through some trials and some things, but there's, there's, there's no better place than just to give it to him. He is steadfast. He is sure. Let's have a look at this. Check this out. This is, this is cool. You'll like this. Mark chapter 4. You know this, this story, I'm sure. Mark chapter 4. This is the NLT version. Hope provides steadiness and certainty. So we're just going to read a, little, a, a quick little story here. So Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 37 says this. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat. And it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've said this before. I just love it. I wonder why they had to say that, his head on a cushion. It's just the intricacies and the details of the word. <laughs> What's about, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, that's my head. Anointing, come back. Um, all right, so Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. I wonder what sort of cushion he likes. <laughs> Leather one? There's so many different varieties. I wonder if he slept, was a side sleeper or... Anyway. Anointing, please come back. The disciples woke up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? That sounds like a, a statement of absolute hopelessness, wouldn't you say? Teacher, don't you care that we're about to drown, that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, see, I wonder, like, even, even there, when Jesus woke up, like, it doesn't say, like, immediately Jesus woke up, like, it's just when he woke up. So it might have been like an hour later. I reckon he did. Like he, you know, probably just, he probably woke up and just, like just pretended to be asleep for a little while. He 
you know, just going to muck around with these blokes just for a bit. <coughs> I know what I'm going to do, so, you know, and I know that there's nothing to worry about, so let's just have a little play. Um, so when Jesus woke up, <coughs> he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. I reckon that's a good word for, um, you know, or a good declaration for perhaps some of the, um, the thoughts that we get. Some of that discouragement that, that can come from time to time. That's a good declaration. Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Look at this. Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. <laughs> so they've gone from being freaked out by a storm to terrified by Jesus. <laughs> Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Good story. So look at this. <clears throat> Verse 38 says, obviously we went through the story. Verse 38, teacher. Don't you care that we're going to drown? Right, so what is that? It, it, it's, it's showing that they, they, they feel hopeless. Their hope is gone. Okay? They're terrified. They're afraid. They're going to die. Hope is gone. Okay? But what's the result? Look at the result. This is what we were talking about before. Verse 40. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? See? Without hope, it's impossible to live by faith. So Jesus is showing us this, or showing them this. You lost hope. So where's your faith? It's gone. We can't live by faith without hope. All right? So this, this, this is the bit that's encouraging. You know, if, 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 if anyone's out there and you're experiencing this hopelessness, guess what? The winds... Obey him. The waves obey him. Again, this is highlighting to us that our hope cannot be attached to situation and circumstance. It's got to be attached to that steadfast, unbreakable, strong, eternal anchor, which is Jesus. Amen? So, you know, the thing is, is that Jesus' plan, this, this was actually Jesus' idea for his disciples, okay? Let's go to the other side of the lake, right? That was his plan. That was his idea, to take the disciples to the other side of the lake. So don't you think that he knew there would be a storm? See, he knows that we're going to experience storms. He knew there was going to be a storm. It's Jesus. He knows everything. That'll set you free if you work that out. He knows everything. He knew there was going to be a storm, just like he knows that we're going to experience storms because we live in a fallen world. We're going to experience storms. We're going to experience times when the enemy is assaulting our hope. But it was his plan to get in the boat. 
is his plan to cross to the other side. Amen? Now see, the thing is, is that the, you know, he knows this, that we're going to experience these storms, but his plan for us is always to get us to the other side. His plan doesn't change. See, his plan for these guys was like, you know what? We're getting in the boat. We're going to the other side. I know there's a storm coming, but we're getting in the boat. We're going to the other side. He didn't go, you know what? I want to go to the other side, but there's a storm coming, so maybe we'll just wait for the storm to go or maybe wait till tomorrow. Like, no, his plan was to go to the other side. See, his plan for us doesn't change. His plan for us doesn't change. His plan for us is to get to the other side. And see, the thing is that sometimes we look at, look at the things that are going on in our life, and you know what? No, they're not meant to be like that. The stuff happened, you know, the stuff happened, and, and you know, even, even real recently, the stuff happened, and it's not meant to be that way. But we live in a fallen world. But it doesn't mean that it's meant to be that way. But you know what? It doesn't mean that the plan of God for your life has changed. Just stay in the boat. He'll get you to the other side. You know, the thing is, is that, again, we've got to realize this, you know, you know, sometimes, sometimes we feel like there's just so much going on and, and, and you can get that, that where, is, where is God? You know, anyone have those moments? Like, where is he in this? Where is he in this? Where have you gone, Jesus? You know, that's one of those, um, those thoughts where we're meant to say, silence, be still. But he's right there. He's in the boat. Full of peace, side sleeping on his cushion. <laughs> He's right there. He doesn't move. And you know, the thing about him is, is that the only way he wants us moved in these situations is towards him. It's the only way he wants us moved is towards him. The defeater wants us moving away from him, doubting, thinking, where is he? Look, he's let you down. He wants us to move towards him, focus on him. He is our hope. Amen? He is our hope. All right, real quick, got five minutes left. I want to get a little bit practical with you. Practical. So focus on him. Move towards him. He is our hope. So how do we focus? Good question. Remember when we, we, we first read in Peter 1 verse, um, 1 Peter 1 verse 3, it says, Celebrate. With praises, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown his extravagant mercy. Okay, that's that first part of that scripture. Celebrate with praises. Celebrate with praises. Focus on the goodness that he's demonstrated to you in your past. With all that can be going on, the way he's crashing over the boat, 
focus. See, the disciples had Jesus in the boat with him, with them. Just had to look on him. They said, go, you know what? The waves, <laughs> we're going to die. Look at Jesus. He's full of peace. He hasn't been moved. He's not worried. Focus on him. Focus on the goodness of him to you in your past. Amen? I guarantee you that that will bring you hope. That will realign, that will reestablish him as your anchor. We have to be like Jonah was in the belly of the, of the whale, of the great fish, when he said this in, um, in, in Jonah 2 verse 7, he said, When I had lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. When I'd lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to Jesus. Just refocus, just realign. Oh, look how good he's been. Look how good he's been. Amen. We have to have some of those, um, you know, we have to have some of those, yeah, but remember when moments. We've had things like, you know, like, you know, you're talking about like sharing fun times with family. Yeah, remember when. Yeah, remember when. Have those moments. You know, you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling hopelessness, you, you know, about stuff that's going on in your life. Yeah, but remember when Jesus did this. Come on. And you know what? Everything's great. Do it anyway. If you're on top of the world right now, do it anyway. Yeah, remember when? Yeah, remember when? Yeah, but remember when? This stuff needs to be a lifestyle, not just when things are going well. Come on. All right, we're nearly done. Holding in there. Colossians 3 verse 2 in the Amplified, Daniel. You don't have to go there. We'll just read it. It says, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above. The heavenly things, not the things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. Set your minds on things above. Set your minds on those. Yeah, but remember when? This is how we focus. I guarantee you it will bring it will reestablish that anchor of hope in your life. Thank you, Lord. Hey, you know what? Um one of the main major symptoms of of hopelessness is worry. Anxiety. Are you feeling worried and you're feeling anxious? Generally means that you've lost hope. Amen? It's a distraction. That's what it is. Remember? It's a, it's, it's a plan of the defeated. To bring worry, to bring anxiety, to bring distraction. And did you know that the word distraction actually means anxiety in the Greek? That's what it means. Anxiety. It's a distraction. That's all it is. It's a distraction. It's something that's there... That is meant to get us off our anchor. To draw our attention away from 
the anchor, the strong, everlasting, eternal, you know, uh, anchor, unbreakable anchor. It's a distraction. He wants to get our minds off and, and our eyes off him. We've got to focus. And he uses the circumstances of, 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 of our life to do it, to rob us of that hope. Thank you, Jesus. All right, last one. You ready? Yeah. You know, your circumstances, job, health, family, you know, the Father's got it. He's got it. There's no problem too big for him. There's nothing he can't handle. There's nothing that he can't do. He cares about you. He cares for you. You know that Jeremiah 29, I know the plans that I have for you. He cares about you. He doesn't forget. If you ever had that thought, you've forgotten about me. He doesn't forget. That's one of those ones. Silence, be still. He's, he, he, he has not forgotten about you. You know, the hope that we have in the Father never fails. The hope that we have in the Father never fails. And the Father never forgets. The Father never forgets, regardless of what the circumstances, what the situation looks like. God has a plan for you. He has a destiny for you. And it's a good plan. It is a good, good plan. So this anchor, you know, is this, that Jesus is alive. He is alive. Amen? He is alive. You know, He is the thing that, that steadies us. He's the lifeline. Through all the circumstances, through all the storms that we face, He is the lifeline. He is the one that if we remain steadfast, we remain connected to Him, He will get us to the other side. Amen? This is the promise. You know, I said this last week. I said when Jesus was crucified, you know, God took a very bad day and turned it into a very good day. And nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Today is a very good day. Someone say that. Today is a very good day. Hallelujah. It's a good day. Romans 8, 28. The Passion Translation. I'm going to read this. This is the end. You ready? So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Jesus. That'll do. Praise God. Hope you got something out of that. Now, do you feel encouraged? Do you feel full of hope? Yes? Do you feel full of hope? Hallelujah. Just focus on Him. 
focus on him. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just pray for you real quick. You can stand up if you like. Yeah, maybe just um, if you if just do whatever you need to do, just to posture yourself, just to receive from from Holy Spirit. Because what I want to do is just going to pray that He He just puts a little highlight reel before your eyes. Just He puts a little shows off just a little bit of how amazing He's been. In your life, the goodness that he's that he's he's demonstrated to you. Yeah, you know, he might even take you all the way back to that that first encounter that you had with him. He might take you back to that salvation experience, because you know what? That's the greatest thing that ever happened to you in your life. That moment you received him as your Lord and as your Savior. So, Father, just just show them those things. Just reveal to them those things. Just bring that highlight reel before them, Father. Remind them of that, that, that goodness, Lord. Give them those, yeah, but remember when? Moments. Father, right now, as you do that, just... Just reaffirm, reestablish yourself as their anchor of hope. Their anchor of hope, steadfast, sturdy, unbreakable, strong, eternal, unmovable. And Father, right now, I just pray, Lord, just for... Just an amazing peace to come as they focus their attention, draw their eyes back to you. Let them see you on that boat with your head on a cushion, full of peace. Just thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For your goodness. For your goodness. Thank you that the plan that you have doesn't change. It remains the same. Going to get them to the other side. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, you're blessed. You're blessed. And we would love to pray for you. If you like prayer, please, please come up. We'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, have a great week. We'll see you next week. He's coming in early for egg and bacon roll, Dad. Day, Dad. Ben Crichton, first hand up. We love you. We'll see you next week.